five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. Chag Urim Sameach. Happy Chanukah. Freilich and Chanukah. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
ago there was a man Fought a war as best as he can He was one of the Hashmonaim Also known as the Maccabim I am Judah Maccabee Oil in the jug just right for me I am Judah Maccabee Oil in the jug can last you see The Syrian Greek said you must be Part of our history You cannot learn Torah today Or be Jewish in any way I am Judah Maccabee Oil in the jug just right for me I am Judah Maccabee Oil in the jug can last you see We have eight days of Hanukkah fun Light the menorah one by one Play dreidel and eat sufkaniyot You can even make a lot of float I am Judah Maccabee Oil in the jug just right for me I am Judah Maccabee Oil in the jug can last you see Be proud of just who you are That's why the Maccabees got so far They would fight for the Torah way And Judah Maccabee would say I am Judah Maccabee Oil in the jug just right for me
I've been praying with my song through this night. It's been too long, but somehow there'll be light at the end. Through the alleys in the dark and the shadows of my heart, waiting for the fire to descend. Shining bright, shining bright, feel the light and embrace your soul. Whoa, shining bright, shining bright, feel the light come and make you whole. In the light, in the light, in the light of the sun we shine Stay away, stay away, stay away from the darkness of night Trying to stay pure in this harsh and crazy world But it ain't always easy to achieve But with a new day just begun And the rising of the sun Radiating lights guiding me Shining bright, shining bright Feel the light, embrace your soul Whoa. Shining bright, shining bright Feel the light come and make you whole Uva Hashem Stay away, stay away, stay away from the darkness of night. 
Yaakov, 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 To be like, like a frying man in a
Good morning. Welcome to a uh, Thursday. Everybody out there, happy Hanukkah. Chag Urim Sameach. Afreilach and Hanukkah. It is, uh, what is today? <laughs> today is the, is it the 14th? The 14th of December, day number two in the month of Teves. The year is 5784. Tufshin Pei Dala. Today is day number seven in the holiday of Hanukkah. We lit seven candles last night i hope you've had an opportunity to enjoy this hog to have the uh delicious sufganiyot and latkes and to um enjoy time with friends and family at least the friends and family that care about you hope you've had an opportunity to uh Spend some time together and enjoy this amazing holiday. It is a pretty amazing holiday, wouldn't you say? 
Uh, Sandy Shmoeli with Almashi Yeshli. Before that, always with me, Yaakov Markowitz. Uh, Avram Willig with the Kalbach medley. In the Light, done by Aryeh Kunstler. Schlockrock with Oil in the Jug and Hanukkah Nights, All Right for Lighting. The other day I saw on the uh, on the screen on my radio, eh, whatever, it's not such an important story. <laughs> ba- basically, I was going to take a picture of a uh, song title, send it to Lenny and tell him how furious I was that someone imitated one of his songs, but... Uh, wouldn't have been that funny when, of course, Lenny's the one who adapted, continues to be the one who adapts other people's songs to uh, some amazing Jewish themes with Schlock Rock, Kolakavot to him. Yeshiva Boys with Chanukah, Alanisim done by Yechiel Shron, that's brand new. And, of course, uh, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Well, welcome to a Thursday. Believe it or not, it's the seventh day of Chanukah. Hard to believe that we're already at day number seven. does go by pretty quickly. We continue to pray. For our brothers and sisters who are being held by the enemy, let's not forget them. This holiday of miracles, this week of miracles, can produce miracles at a moment's notice. And let's keep that in mind as we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters and all the IDF soldiers. Let's keep that in mind. IDF troops from the 460th Combat Brigade of the 162nd Division operated in the Kamal Adwan Hospital area with the Shin Bet, according to an IDF and Shin Bet statement on Thursday. During the operation, the IDF troops located a building that was being used by Hamas terrorists. An exchange of fire occurred. A number of Hamas terrorists were killed. Some 70 terrorists surrendered and left the building with their weapons and were detained and taken for interrogation by the Shin Bet. The hospital is in the Beit Lahia area. North of Gaza City, near the Israeli border. In mid-October, various media outlets quoted Hassam Abu Safiya, head of pediatrics of the hospital in northern Gaza, saying it did not evacuate despite calls to do so by Israel. The UN had warned at the time that hospitals would run out of fuel in two days on October the 15th. The fuel continued to flow despite the warnings. On November 4th, CNN reported that MedGlobal, a U.S.-based organization that supports local health programs for vulnerable, vulnerable populations across the globe, issued an urgent appeal for fuel to power a generator at Kamal Adwan Hospital in northern Gaza. Um, anyway, so that's where this uh, detainment of 70 Hamas terrorists took place in that hospital in mid-December. So I guess they were able to figure out a way to hole up in the hospital and to gather the fuel and whatever other necessities they needed, I assume. An IDF soldier is seen holding a microphone and reciting Shema Yisrael through a mosque loudspeaker inside a Janine mosque. It's a video circulating on social media. Uh, the IDF is currently operating extensively against terrorist infrastructure in Janine. In the video, he's holding a microphone reciting Shema Yisrael. The echoes of the Shema can be heard bouncing off the walls in Janine. This is all from the Jerusalem Post, by the way. Um, Hassan Bitmez, 54 years old, a member of parliament from the opposition party in Turkey, died in Ankara City Hospital 
This is according to the health minister, an opposition lawmaker. Uh, two days ago, he suffered a heart attack and collapsed in front of parliament as he finished a speech criticizing the government's policy toward Israel. He then died in Ankara City Hospital. And anybody who saw that video, my gosh, I mean, I don't know what you want to call it. Irony or, or what? Karma, some people were calling it. But um, boy, oh boy, that was something. Watching him criticize Israel and watching him a second later hit the floor. A senior Hamas official suggested the terror group could recognize the state of Israel in order to end the current war between Israel and the Gaza-based group. Musa Abu Marzouk, in an interview with the news website Al Monitor from his office in the Qatari capital, said you should follow the official stance. The official stance is that the PLO has recognized the state of Israel. Well, isn't that interesting? Uh, Yemen's Iranian-backed Houthis are all in supporting Hamas and the war. That according to the Jerusalem Post. Um... Iran has warned against a proposed U.S.-backed Red Sea force. So I guess they, to a degree, are concerned and worried about an escalated operation led by the United States in that area. That's my own commentary. Uh, What else do we have here? The IDF has eliminated dozens of Hamas terrorists in northern Gaza and Khan Yunus. Those are some of the stories that are being followed very closely on social media as they continue to round up and, and when necessary, kill those who are the enemy who are in both of those places, northern Gaza and Khan Yunus. Um, what else? I think that's what we have for now. And as we said yesterday when Ariel Kahana was on the air, uh, too many funerals and too many shivas for the... IDF soldiers, especially the group that was killed, the soldiers and commanders in the um, in the operation in Gaza yesterday, um, and we continue to pray for their families, whose lives are now going to be very, very different, as we know. Uh, those of you who missed it, uh, Ariel Kahana of uh, Israel Hayom was on yesterday. When you have a chance later on this morning, um, check out the archive at nachomsegel.com. Uh, we're going to have a visitor in studio today. Yami Schachter, who's producing the Amudim events Sunday and Monday, is going to be here with us. We'll talk about that and a lot of other stuff. Yami Schachter is going to be joining us coming up here at JMM live in studio. Looking forward to greeting him. Uh, Alan Kadish, I should say Dr. Alan Kadish, the president of Turo University. We have been very anxious to speak with him about his reaction to the congressional testimony last week of university presidents from uh, the Northeast. Uh, and we will speak with him about that and get his uh, take on the entire matter. And it'll be happening in the 7 o'clock hour this morning. Tomorrow, Malcolm Honline is going to join us and uh, we'll have an opportunity to speak about what's happening in Israel, the war etc., etc. That's during our weekly update. Uh, we leave for Israel after Tuesday's JM in the AM. After Tuesday's JM in the AM, we leave for Israel. We'll be there starting on Wednesday the 20th with special guests and plenty more, including uh, our end-of-year fundraiser, which we will conclude in Israel. Well, I, I don't want to say conclude. I don't want to say conclude because from the beginning, <laughs> I, I reminded everybody that this could go past December 31st. 
but for now, we'll say that the uh, year-end conclusion is going to be in Israel, please God, as we did last year. And I want to take this opportunity to thank those who've been helping us by having their donations doubled. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Uh, the uh, Nasi and the Rabbanit, Arlene and Ephraim Arf, their three times high became $108 because of our matchers. Thank you. Remember, the matchers have committed till candle lighting time. I'm hoping they're going to go beyond that as well. But till Shabbos candle lighting time, meaning tomorrow afternoon, for sure, for sure, between now and then, anything you give is uh, doubled. All right, keep that in mind. Barbara Goldfarb, her 100 became 200 in honor of her great-grandson, Mordechai Yehuda's Bar Mitzvah. Miriam and Benji Katan, their, um, their uh, twice high became four times high. Thank you. An anonymous donation, $90 became 180 I want to thank Avichai and Itamir Zuckerman of Chicago. Their 10 times high became 20 times high because of our matchers. And these are family members of my dear daughter and son-in-law who have always been, since we've met, their extended family has always been supporters of our work here. And I thank them very, very much, including my mechutin, um, Rachel and Lavi Zuckerman. Their $100 became $200, and I thank them as well. Mati Zuckerman as well, $100 became $200, and I thank, thank him very, very much. And Eitan, my uh, wonderful son-in-law. And my daughter, Yonina, they themselves had $100 turned into $200 for a donation because of our matchers. So thank you to our matchers. Thank you to all of you who are donating and helping us get to our goal in this big year-end 40th anniversary fundraiser. Thank you, and thank you. If you haven't given yet, remember everything you give today is doubled, is matched. Everything you give today is matched. Go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. An anonymous donor had 18 turn into 36 and writes, I wish I could donate more. Thank you to you and your team for all your great work on behalf of Claudia Yisrael. And I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, and we are just over 53,000 and uh, moving on to our goal. And I hope everybody out there helps us at some point today. Again, everything you give today is going to be doubled. And that's much appreciated, uh, thinking of us during this special Hanukkah matching period. More coming up. It's JM in the AM, and this is a brand new one from Shalshelis Jr.
So gather your friends and family For Latke, Skelt and Melodies Now come sing with me The smell of donuts in the air Cause it's that special time of year Maybe cold out there But it's warm in here So clap to the beat Now let me hear you say
JM and the AM, Happy Hanukkah, done by Yoni Z. That's a remix here on a Thursday morning, Hanukkah morning at JM and the AM. You Can Light With Me, done by the Wise Stud, Shalshelis Jr. with One Heart. Well, I will add to the uh, the messages that have been... that have been... Um, shared on social media and I'm sure many other locations. The news of the uh, the death of Alicia Lowenstern, um, a father of six and son of, uh, as this Facebook post writes, son of our longtime friends Sharon and Heshi Lowenstern. I have not seen the Lowensterns in quite a while, but yes, I do consider Heshi an old friend. Alicia fell in battle in Gaza defending our homeland. And um, what can I say? When I first heard the news, I didn't put two and two together. And now uh, my brother Egal put two and two together for me and and now it has hit me that uh, in this situation not that every soldier who falls not that every episode doesn't hit close to home but this one obviously has hit closer to home it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background to our news from Israel coming up. <coughs> Yummy Schachter is going to join us in hour number three this morning. He is uh, producing the Amudim event this coming weekend. We'll talk about that and more. The president of Toro University, Dr. Alan Kadish, is going to join us. I've been anxious to um, speak with him in this forum about the congressional hearing that took place last week and hear what he has to say about university presidents from the northeastern part of the United States who have said what they did or didn't say during that testimony. So we'll speak with him in the 7 o'clock hour coming up this morning here at JM in the AM. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. Newscast is next. Boker Tov from JM in the AM. ולהיצא לשעה שתיים, שלום רב באולפן אלעזר בן לולו עם מה שקורה עכשיו. התראות צבע אדום נשמעו לפני זמן קצר בסופה ובניר יצחק. לא דווח על נפגעים בגוף או על נזק לרכוש. מוקדם יותר עצרו לוחמי צהל עשרות מחבלי חמאס שהסתתרו בבית חולים בצפון רצועת עזה. כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. לוחמי חטיבה 460 פעלו במרחב בית החולים כמאל אדואן, בית החולים הגדול ביותר באזור ג'באליה, ואיתרו בו מבנה ששימש פעילי חמאס עם אמצעי לחימה. בפעילות במרחב בית החולים, הלוחמים חיסלו מספר מחבלים בהתקלויות שונות, יותר מ-70 מחבלים שיצאו מבית החולים, נעצרו ונלקחו לחקירה בשב"כ וביחידה 504 של אמ"ן. בשעה זו נערכת בבית העלמין בקדרון הלווייתו של רב סרן בן שלי, מפקד ב-669 שנפל בקרב העקוב מדם בשג'עיה. מפקד 669 ספד לו. שלי, היית מפקד עם כל כך הרבה רבדים ועומקים, כריזמטי, 
מקצוען, ויחד עם זאת עם ענווה ורוגע. היה לך את האומץ לעשות ולשנות, את האומץ לתקן ולהקשיב. היה לך כל כך הרבה בגרות פיקודית בגיל כל כך צעיר. אני מודה פה בפניכם, משפחה, חברים, בפניך, ששלי הפעיל אצלי בלב משהו אחר כאדם ומפקד. הבוקר הותר לפרסום הלכתו של רב סמל ראשון אלישע לוינשטרן, בן 38 מחריש, לוחם שריון בגדוד 8104 עוצבת ראם, שנפל בקרב בדרום רצועת עזה. חברו אריאל אליהו אמר לנורית קנטי, זו אבדה גדולה, אלישע היה אדם מיוחד. זה היה האגרוף הכי גדול שמשך לילה שלם אני קם ובוכה ואשתי קמה ובוכה. אלישע היה אדם מיוחד, אני היה נותן צדקה בסתר ואני הייתי מנהל של העמותה והוא היה מעביר את התרומות. ופעם אחת התרומה שלו הפסיקה לאיזה כמה חודשים והוא התקשר אליי והוא... אמר לי, אני בונה על זה שאני נותן כל חודש למשפחות, ואני רוצה לדעת שאני כל חודש נותן למשפחות. אחרי שבוע של עיכובים, חוק התקציב המתוקן לשנת 2023 אושר באופן סופי בכנסת. מדווח כתב התחום הפוליטי שחר גליק. 59 חברי קואליציה הצביעו בעד, 44 חברי כנסת נגד. תקציב המדינה המתוקן לשנה הנוכחית בשבועיים וחצי הקרובים אושר סופית במליאה. חבר הכנסת יולי אדלשטיין מהליכוד הצביע בטעות בעד, הוא ביקש שיתקנו ויבהירו שהוא נמנע. השרה גילה גמליאל גם היא מהליכוד נעדרה מההצבעה. חברי המחנה הממלכתי הצביעו נגד התקציב. 91% ממשפחות החטופים הכריעו המשך לחץ על מקבלי ההחלטות לייזום פעימות נוספות לשחרור חטופים. מדווח כתבנו גל ג'רסי. בסקר שנערך בקרב 100 מבני משפחות החטופים על ידי המטה להשבת החטופים, החליטו ברוב מוחץ המשתתפים כי על המטה להמשיך באסטרטגיית הלחץ הציבורי על מקבלי ההחלטות, זאת על מנת שישראל תיזום עסקה נוספת עם ארגון הטרור חמאס. בימים האחרונים נשמעה ביקורת, לפיה המטה לא מייצג את הדעות של כלל המשפחות כשהוא תוקף את מדיניות הממשלה בנוגע לפעימות נוספות של שחרור חטופים. מירב לשם גונן, אמה של רומי שחטופה בעזה, התייחסה בגלי צה"ל לבלימה של קבינט המלחמה את יציאת ראש המוסד לקטאר ואמרה, נדהמנו לגלות זאת, עד לרגע זה לא קיבלנו שום הסבר. אני נדהמתי מזה, אנחנו כן רוצים הבהרות באופן טבעי. אם יש פה איזושהי אסטרטגיית על שלא שמנו לב אליה, אז שווה, וגם ביקשנו את זה כמה פעמים, שבצורה כלשהי... יתווכו לנו את זה. לא יכול להיות שאנחנו האחרונים לדעת ועוד לשמוע את זה מהתקשורת. אנחנו מדברים פה על הרבה מאוד משפחות. בתוך כך כתבנו לענייני ערבים, ג'קי חוגי מזכיר כי מוקדם יותר מסרו מקורות מצריים כי ישראל נתנה אור ירוק למצרים לפתוח בשיחות להפסקת אש עם חמאס תמורת שחרור חטופים. התחזית תחול עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. מחר מזג האוויר יהיה דומה. אלה החדשות. בחסות Now we're lighting candles tall and proud oh, 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 oh
the proper letters we It's time for Hanukkah. Let's say those blessings and have a souvenir. I wish they made Starbucks latkes to eat beside the flame. We tell of a great nazi for eight nights and days. Twinkling, saying alanisim, eating lots of latkes with sour cream. Israel Chai Betochim Betochim 
There we go, J.M. in the A.M. <coughs> Aviyad with Am Yisrael Chai. Before that, you heard the um, 613 selection, Chanukah, here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, yeah. Rabbi Cash is alluding on the app to the, uh, to the fact that... Um, <laughs> to the fact that once I was made aware of who we're talking about, this uh, terrible tragedy. I mean, they're all terrible tragedies, but as I said, this one hits closer to home because the Lowensterns are from this area. And Alicia Lowenstern, the son of Sharon and Heshi, um, and father of six, fell in battle defending our homeland in Gaza. And uh, what can we say? We, we, uh, I just communicated with my brother who told me the funeral is going to be tonight in Israel, obviously. And uh, to the Lowensterns, to Sharon and Heshi and the entire family, I don't know what to say. I'm sure there are people in this audience who know the Lowensterns very well. And um, when I first saw the news, it didn't click. And then, as I said earlier, once my brother checked in with me this morning it was uh it was obviously made clear to me that this is the family that we're talking about and this latest tragedy and i know that uh there are so many that have uh, given their life especially over the last two months for the state of israel and for the jewish people uh but this war is different uh, as i've said since the beginning this war has a difference that i think is is remarkably important to always acknowledge and that is that um Jewish families from around the world have soldiers in the Israeli army. Um, it was like that to an extent 50 years ago, but not like this. Not like this, where, you know, our children went to school with soldiers here in the U.S., where um, our friends either made Aliyah or their children went on Aliyah. 
and then they became Israeli citizens and members of the IDF. In this war, it's hitting much closer to home for those who are in the diaspora, and today is unfortunately a very good example of that. And our condolences, of course, to the Lower Stern family, and uh, that funeral is going to be taking place later tonight. And um, what can I say other than we are thinking of you and, um, and praying for your family? J.M. and the A.M. on a Thursday morning broadcast. Coming up later this hour, we speak with uh, Dr. Alan Kadish, president of Turo University. We'll get his reaction to last week's uh, congressional testimony. And uh, Yummy Schachter is going to join us. He's got his hand on the pulse of a lot of uh, what's happening on social media and in the, in, in the world of celebrity and Hollywood as, uh, you know, vis-a-vis the war. And, of course, he's also producing this coming weekend's Amudim event, Sunday and Monday. So we'll speak with him about that and much, much more in the 8 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. Yosef David Goldstein, brand new with this one at JM in the AM.
take a look around More light comes to me Try to be just like Hashem Who's giving always I'll never be the same again I'm changing my ways Live, live to give When my life is about giving That's when I'm really living I feel the lift As I live, live to give Life is a gift When I try to begin sharing, that's when I start caring. I made a switch, now I live, live to give. Oh, 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 Goldwag, live to give. And I thank all those who've been giving to our year-end campaign. During Hanukkah, every dollar you give is being matched. Go to fjbunity.org for all the information and to donate fjbunity.org. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Matt Dub with Ma'aminim, Yoel David Goldstein. I said Yosef, it's Yoel David Goldstein with Admos Sai here at JM in the AM. Yeah, those are poignant words as we uh, acknowledge the the passing, the um, falling in battle of so many of our IDF soldiers this week, including some names, as we said, that really hit close to home for those who live here in this area. Um, continue to pray for our IDF soldiers. They are in a really, really difficult operation um i don't think we appreciate it as much because we don't hear the analysis 
that they are hearing in Israel all day and all night on the news channels in Israel. So I don't think we appreciate as much just how difficult these operations are in Gaza. Uh, but we, we must keep them in mind. We must keep them in mind. And of course, our, our hostages, men and women, boys and girls, who are being held by the enemy. How we pray that they are released during this holiday of Hanukkah, this week of miracles. Continue to pray for them, please. JM and the AM, Dr. Alan Kadish coming up. We'll talk about the college campus situation. Yami Shachter is going to stop by in the 8 o'clock hour. The Amudim event is next week. In addition, he has his hand on the pulse of what's going on in Hollywood and in the world of celebrity, which, whether we like it or not, has a tremendous influence on on attitudes, policies, and, um, you know, overall feelings regarding Israel and other important issues. We'll discuss that with him coming up. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonish Masarav, Zebin of Yosef Alevi, and Zechonish Esther Basra of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The great Rosh Hashiva, Reb Chaim Stein, was escaping from the Holocaust. It was the last night of Hanukkah, and he had to make an arduous journey immediately in order to escape and save his life. While he was en route, he began to feel very bad. He was successful in lighting the menorah for the first seven nights, but he was not able to be mashlam the mitzvah because he had to escape before the eighth light. The Rosh Hashiva had difficulty getting over the fact that he could not light that last night. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a man a person from the Amin comes over to him and says, here, I have this small bundle for you. It doesn't cost anything. He put the bundle into the Rosh Hashiva's hands and left. The Rosh Hashiva opened the bundle and he saw that there were candles and all that he needed to light the menorah on the last night of Hanukkah. Word spread among the Talmidim that it was a Leoan Novi that came to give the Rosh Hashiva the candles. Later, after the war, Rav Erlinger came to him and asked the Rosh Hashiva, is it true? Was it a Leo Novi that came to you? The Rosh Hashiva answered, no, it was not a Leo Novi. But you should know, when a person really wants to be Mekayim Mitzvah with all of their heart, from Shomayim, they will be assisted they will have siyata dishmaya. I was moved beyond words to see that the bochrim of the Erlo Yeshiva lit 138 menorahs, one menorah for each hostage. As we know, mezake adam shelobifonov, a person can give merit to another Jew, even if that person is not together with us right now. I was thinking to myself how each one of the precious hostages would love and would yearn to light the menorah together with Klau Yisrael. The Erlo Yeshiva, they got it right. The Bochrim sang and danced in front of those menorahs. May we be Zoycha, Bekarov Bekarov, to sing and dance with all of the hostages together. And there we will sing the words, Ma'os Tzor Yeshua Si, Lecha Noel Shabbat, 
Tikon base to filosi, vishom toidon is that we will be zoicha to Mashiach Tzidkenu in the building of the third and the final base of Mikdosh, Bimheirav Yomenu. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
New York Boys Choir with Maus Tour. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, Beef Fry, Kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and try A&H today. At kosherdogs.net, you get a 10% discount with promo code radio. Don't forget that. Always use promo code radio at kosherdogs.net. By the way, speaking of always using promo code radio, always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. And many of you are aware of the fact that every one of the eight days of Hanukkah, Artscroll puts up another 40% off daily special. Today, on the seventh day of Hanukkah, the, um, the Milstein edition of the Later Profits, which is a four-volume full-size set, which is normally 130 bucks. Seventy-seven ninety-nine. The Reuben edition of the Early Profits, which is a three-volume, full-size slipcase set. The list price is ninety-eight bucks. It's now fifty-eight seventy-nine. And the Writings, the six-volume, full-size slipcase set, which is normally one hundred ninety-five dollars, now one sixteen ninety-nine. There's no limit to this amazing offer. Stock up on gifts for the entire year. That's right. Not a bad idea. Uh, Artscroll, 40% off sale, daily specials every single day. Go to artscroll.com, and you know the rule. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Can't argue with that. Too good of a recommendation to argue. <laughs> uh, let's see. Listener Cena has sent us a little note. How do you like that? Um, happy, happy birthday to my delicious Moshe Lab fryer of Muncie, six years old today. Moshe Leib, I'm so happy I had to come to your house and that we got to bake Hanukkah cookies together. That was one terrific party. I love you tons and hope you have a great day in Cheder with much love from Bubs. We know her, of course, as listener Sina, who apparently, if this uh, announcement would not have been made this morning, she'd be in the doghouse, as she describes it. We basically saved her, I'll tell you. Sitting here behind this microphone, we could actually save people from from the doghouse, from being in trouble jm and the am on this seventh day of hanukkah today is the 14th of december and day two in the month of teves all through the holiday of hanukkah every dollar you give to our year-end campaign is uh, doubled and hopefully beyond that as well but right now it's till tomorrow afternoon right now it's till tomorrow afternoon that it's doubled (laughs) we'll see what happens after that um, we're at 53,388 with many, many thanks going out, including to Lisa Klein Fuchs, who's, uh, 54 has turned into 100 plus eight with gratitude that I could walk the streets of Yerushalayim with my granddaughters. So wrote to vote to all thanks JM and Anne for always being a step ahead. Thank you for that. Wow. I appreciate that very much. Thanks to all of our donors. Of course, thanks to our ambassadors, our donors, to everybody who's been, so generous during this campaign. It is much appreciated. Let's keep it going. We have a couple of weeks left. I mean, we may have more than that, as we keep saying. <laughs> I keep telling my team that we're going until the end of January. <laughs> so this campaign ain't ending so quickly. But, hey, we've got a natural uh, a natural deadline, right? The 29th of uh, Friday, the 29th of December. Natural deadline. We'll see how it works out. More coming up. Uh, Dr. Alan Kadish is going to join us, president of Turo University. 
with comments about what happened last week in Congress. That and more if you keep it at JM in the AM. Light up tonight, show the world. It's time to heal and build a home to When it's dark outside, look around, feel the vibe. The heat inside, the beating heart. It's time to dance, light up the night. Light up the night, release your fears to the sky. Light up the night and share your dreams with the world. Light up the night, show the world. It's time to heal and build a home to grow. When the stars are aligned, follow through, share the light. The center's here, a place of love. It's time to breathe, light up your life. Light up the night, release your fears to the sky. Light up the night and share your dreams with the world. Light up the night, show the world. It's time to heal. And build a home to grow. Shweki, it's called Light Up the Night. And tonight, on the eighth day of Hanukkah, with all the darkness out there, there'll be a lot of light. There's nothing like looking at a beautiful Hanukkah with eight plus one candles burning. And that'll be tonight, please God. Even last night, I uh, we got home really late last night, and um, I found myself, and so we lit like, I don't know, quarter to ten or something, really, really late, and I found myself sitting and just looking at those beautiful candles, those beautiful flames, because, you know, when it's seven plus one, that Hanukkiah looks incredible, and tonight, all the Hanukkiot are going to look incredible, and let's remember in this time of so much darkness that there is so much light out there. Really important to remember. JM in the AM on a Thursday morning. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Well, you can imagine when the congressional hearing took place last week, uh, you can imagine how anxious uh, we were to get Dr. Alan Kadish on the air. He is a, I don't know if he would say this with pride or not, we could ask him, but he is a colleague of the presidents of universities around this country. He is, of course, the uh, president of Turo University. 
and he joins us live via telephone on this Thursday morning. Dr. Kadish, happy Hanukkah. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Happy Hanukkah. Great to be here. So I'm watching this, as so many have watched it, uh, whether it was live or they saw the, the recording of it afterwards. Uh, the congressional testimony uh, obviously focusing on the three figures from the University of Pennsylvania, from MIT, and from Harvard University. I mean, Harvard University, we're talking about the creme de la creme, supposedly, of academic institutions in this country. And um, we, we were anxious to find out what you were thinking. Uh, you, you know a lot of these people. As I said, you are colleagues with presidents nationwide. Uh, you're very familiar with what's happening on college campuses. And many of us, of course, think that a lot of this has sprouted forth instantly because of the war. You might be able to tell us that really all of this had been uh, had been growing and growing on college campuses for many years. What were your thoughts as these three presidents were telling Congress, the country and the world about their attitude toward campus policy when it comes to anti-Semitism? Well, obviously, I was horrified by the failure to immediately condemn and agree that they would take action against killing Jews. And horrified might be an understatement. But I wasn't necessarily shocked. And I wasn't shocked for a couple of reasons. One is exactly the point you just mentioned, which is that the way that Jews are treated on college campuses has been deteriorating over the past two decades. And it's primarily been because of this emerging idea that Jews are white colonialist oppressors. And in the current climate where Colleges and universities and the students and faculty feel that their most important social need is to stand up for those who are, quote, oppressed. Jews have been targeted until recently, sub rosa or you know, quietly, informally, as oppressors. And so um, I think that the testimony you heard on Capitol Hill which did condemn anti-Semitism, right. but also failed to take the appropriate action, both before the hearing and when asked about it at the hearing, is a reflection of the fact that the status and standing of Jews and Israel on college campuses have been deteriorating for two decades, and we've seen this. And I think that perhaps unconsciously, those presidents who testified were showing a clear double standard where Jews don't have the same rights and don't have the same consideration that other groups do. And that, of course, that's the definition of anti-Semitism. What do you think of the context argument? Because m many suspect that if there were other groups that were excused or, you know, or, um, or if that situation was dismissed with a context argument, uh, there would have been a, you know, a revolt uh, among faculty members and uh, and students at these universities. What did you think of the context argument being used when it came to Jews in Israel? Well, it's much worse than that, actually, because tiny offenses against any other group are aggressively 
reacted to with suspensions, firing, censures, but killing Jews suddenly results in the protections of the First Amendment. That's okay unless it's taken in context, turned into action, pervasive and repetitive, uh, all kinds of legal evasions. And that's really what you and I both just spoke about, which is the definition of anti-Semitism is treating the Jews differently, having a double standard. And that double standard uh, has clearly been in evidence. Um, And so there's no context for hate. There's no context for murder. There's no context for what Hamas did on October 7th. Some things are just wrong, period. And um, some of the college presidents who testified were able to say that subsequently or were forced to say that subsequently. But at the hearing, I think they reflected the environments that have happened on college campuses, which is that Jews don't have the same consideration that others do. And that's created this atmosphere of discomfort for Jewish students and of pervasive anti-Semitism. Dr. Alan Kadish is with us, president and CEO of Turo College. I'm going to pick up in a minute on the discomfort that you just brought up. But I got to go back in time for a moment, because if I'm not mistaken, you're an Ivy Leaguer, right? You, you attended an Ivy League institution, I, I would assume sometime in the 70s, right? I did. I was at Columbia. Now, does any of this surprise you? Does does your campus of the late 70s resemble an Ivy League? And I'm talking about, obviously, with attitude and philosophy. I'm not talking about the physical campus. Does it resemble the type of campus that you were at back then? Uh, no, no, it doesn't. I mean, the one thing that's similar, of course, is that um, in the late 60s and early 70s, college campuses were hotbeds of activism. Uh, against the Vietnam War, but um, I didn't feel at that time significant discomfort for wearing yarmulke, being obviously Jewish. I had friends of all kinds. And the atmosphere, while not perfect with some Israel-related issues, was pretty good. Um, And that's despite the fact that the Department of Middle Eastern Studies was already there, the School for International Affairs, had begun some of its anti-Israel talks. But despite that, the overall atmosphere on campus was good. Things have changed dramatically. And as I mentioned, I think the changes have happened over the past 10 to 20 years. Um, And anti-Semitism, look, it's been around for 2,000 years or more. We were under the illusion that it disappeared. And I think um, what really happened was that anti-Semitism didn't disappear. It just became inelegant and impolite. Yeah. You mentioned the 20-year thing last time you were on, and I think you're right. I think 2000 is really a significant uh, mark on the calendar, on the historic calendar, about when so much of what we're experiencing today really revved up. Like you say, it's been around for 2,000 years, but I don't know, 20 years ago, all of a sudden, things really started to accelerate if we look at it in the context of recent history. All right, before we talk about the discomfort on campus, that's an important topic. Let me just ask you one more thing about the testimony. Um, when the president, and I, I know that, you know, it's not really fair to ask a university president to analyze the, the, the punishment given to another university president, but I'll ask the question. You can decide if you want to answer it. Uh, in so many other cases, I, I think it would be obvious that she would have to step down permanently and really, you know, uh, not be part of the institution anymore. Well, she has stepped down as president or will. 
once uh, you know a replacement is named. But she's still a tenured professor, member of faculty, part of the staff in the institution. It, it, does the does the the Jewish piece in in the world of of um, academia only have a certain amount of 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 pressure that uh, that we can wield that we can uh, that we can exhibit because you know that if other groups were on the same side and experiencing the same thing the likelihood is that someone like her would be completely out of the institution so i don't think it's a question of jewish pressure i think it's a question of what our colleagues who are in the majority think about what's going on and university administration is very complicated. There are multiple different groups that have power that need to be considered. And tenure, which the former president of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, has, is extremely powerful. Mm. And the circumstances in which one can revoke tenure are pretty limited. Um, and so I, I think that the fact that she resigned as president and the chairman of the board resigned are both extraordinarily important statements. And I think focusing on the fact that she, like many other tenured professors at Penn, may not exactly be where we'd want them to be um, is, uh, is not as important as the public resignation. And in fact, I, I don't think she's by any means the worst of the tenured professors at Penn. Wow. And so, uh, you know, that, that part I'm, I wouldn't focus on too much. Wow, very interesting. All right, Dr. Kadish, uh, you talk about discomfort, and we know it. We know that many students and, of course, parents around this country, you know, are rethinking where they're going to be. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, in your position, you're encouraging people for, for good reason because of the Turo environment, you know, to come to your institution. That That's obvious, and, and, and uh, you know, we get that. Um, when you talk about discomfort, are you only referring to, you know, actual physical safety? In other words, if, if a student feels or a parent feels they're not safe on a specific campus, they've got to make a switch to a much more friendly environment like yours. However, if they feel safe physically, but academically and philosophically, you know, that's a discomfort they feel. That may not be as much of a reason to leave an Ivy League campus. What's your perspective when it comes to physical discomfort and when it comes to just the discomfort of feeling or holding a certain way politically? So I don't want to focus too much on saying someone should leave or not leave. I think you've made you've made a good case for why we think Turo is a great place for students. Right. But what I what, what I will say is the following: when students are in college, there are a number of things they want to get out of their experience. Um, learning facts or knowledge or critical thinking is extremely important, but so is social interactions and networking. And I think the thing that's most disturbing about this is uh, even if Jewish students are not subjected to physical violence, in some cases, they're being ostracized, particularly if they express their support for Israel or, or are overtly Jewish. And what I think is important to consider is what the college's experience is going to be like when you have to do what many students who have attended our graduate schools have told me that they've had to do as undergraduates, which is to kind of hide their Jewishness, stay with their own, not speak up, and not have the same rights of expression that other students have because of the social and other pressures that we placed on them 
including grading from professors, if they speak up about Israel and about their Jewishness. Right. So I think that that has to be balanced against the other advantages of, of some college experiences. And I don't want to say that there's a single right answer, but I think it's far more than physical violence that's concerning. And it's also what, how are you going to come out when you're subjected to intense peer pressure? Because after all, we're all human beings. And if you, even if you come in with the right values and the right attitudes, four years of intense social pressure can change things. And so there are concerns well beyond just physical violence. Yeah. Well, you, you've said a lot, even with what you didn't say, frankly, but that is uh, uh, quite an important perspective for both students and parents to keep in mind, especially this time of year. There are a lot of people making decisions about uh, uh, about what, where they're going to be next academic year, and this is really important for students, Jewish students and parents around the country uh, to consider everything, including what you just mentioned. Uh, I take this opportunity to wish you a very happy Hanukkah. I'm assuming that your campus is one place where there's uh, no fear or discomfort when someone lights a Hanukkah like tonight, and there'll be eight beautiful lights uh, shining on that menorah. I'm assuming that uh, it's only a celebratory atmosphere on your main campuses. Absolutely. Um, but we've, we've been pleased that uh, while there are some differences of opinion on some of our campuses, like the graduate schools, which are a very diverse student body. Right. So far, the people seem to be getting along and respecting each other, by and large, and uh, we're very pleased about that. Amazing. Kalakavo, thank you so much. Happy Hanukkah, and thanks for joining us this morning. Take care. Thank you. Enjoy. Dr. Dr. Alan Kadish, who's president of Turo University, his perspective on some of the stuff that's going on in this country right now, including the congressional hearing last week, which was a watershed moment in so many ways. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Hanukkah light burns so bright
nisin Fe alla på kan Fe all vi all vi all Vi alla gudvorojs Fe alla trovojs Fe alla melkomojs Fe alla Yechiel Shron just came out yesterday. Alanisim. Thursday morning, day seven of Hanukkah. Tonight, the Hanukkah is going to look spectacular. Miami before that with Light Up the Nights. You heard Hanukkah Light done by Ari Goldwag. A reminder from our friends at the Young Israel Talmud Torah of Flatbush on Coney Island Avenue between Avenues I and J in Brooklyn, New York. Their fall lecture series continues this Saturday night. Starting at 8.15 by Dr. Richard Hittery on the topic of the history and mystery of the Aleppo Codex. It's tonight, excuse me, it's this coming Saturday night, starting at 8.15 at 1305 Coney Island Avenue, between Avenues I and J in Brooklyn, New York. Use this phone number if you want information from the Young Israel Talmud Torah of Flatbush, 718-377-2528, 2528. Many thanks to those who've been donating to our year-end campaign. A reminder that during Hanukkah, every dollar you give is being matched by our matchers. The list of matches is there online on the site. You can actually look at it and see who has made that commitment. So a big thank you to all of our donors. Give 180 and it becomes 360. And of course, do the math for whatever donation you'd like to give. Support JMNAM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Go to fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org, and enjoy. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. We have a very special guest in our studio, somebody who's responsible for a bunch of amazing events that go on in this world. Uh, but for us, we're going to be focusing on the upcoming Amudim event. Amudim has a Unite to Heal event 5784 2023 that begins this coming Sunday morning. It goes through Monday and concludes with a major shebang, an incredible finale on Monday night. All of it, of course, uh, on the website and uh, God knows how many other places aside from the Amudim and Unite to Heal website it will be airing. And uh, I have the privilege of being part of it, but the person who's coordinated all of it and takes responsibility, rightfully so, for the incredible content and the wonderful show that it is, is Yummy Schachter, who is visiting us in our New Jersey studio here at the Nahum Siegel Network. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning. How Good are morning. you, sir? Always great to be here. 
lots to talk about. Amudim obviously is our focus because it's coming up on Sunday and Monday, and we're both big believers in the work that Rabbi Gluck and his staff and volunteers do, and everybody out there should give what they can and support the cause. Um, but there are a couple of other topics I wanted to cover with you as I take advantage of the fact that you're here in our New Jersey studio. You're very familiar. A lot of people know this. Maybe some don't. You're, a lot, you're very familiar with the world of Hollywood and celebrity. And I think at this point, more than two months after the start of the war and after the incredible, uh, brutal um, attack on our people, on our brothers and sisters, on Shmini Atzeres, I think now, a couple of months later, someone like you could compile a list of who our friends are in the world of celebrity and who have been disappointing um, when it comes to Israel in the world of celebrity. Please tell me that the first list is significant. Please tell me that there are a lot of people. I was going to say, I could put it on this post-it note here. How many are pro? Uh, is it that small? I, I don't I, I don't know if it's about being pro. I just, you know, I, I don't know what everybody thinks in their head or whatever. The fact that the overwhelming majority of Hollywood could not even do as much as speak up against terror is troubling to me. Meaning, before you even get into what do you think about Israel, right? you can't even stand up to terror. Against terror, we, we have a big problem. Did the basic celebrities who identify as Jewish, and I'm tossing out these names strictly as examples, because, and not, because I have no idea how they reacted. Somebody like uh, Ben Stiller. Right, everyone knows he's Jewish. Everyone knows that uh, you know his father was a very famous Jewish actor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, some may argue that he's not Jewish, but you get my point. Yeah, he's certainly identified in Hollywood as a Jew. That type of person did come out at least against the terror, or even someone like him and his colleagues were quiet, as you just described. I, listen, I don't want to speak about anyone specific. Right, that's I'm, what I'm no, because I'm not really. I haven't been following right. anything in that way. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. I, I think. There are many people in that category who shocked me in a positive way, and there are many people who shocked me in a negative way. Like uh, a lot of people who I thought would never be as vocal as they are being. Can you give me an example of that? Well, by saying I'm shocked by what they're doing means that I right. never had faith in them to begin with. So right. I don't want. I'm not going to say any names, but right. there are people who literally do not care right now what effect anything they say is going to have on their career, and good for them. It's great. Um, but then there's other people who should and could be doing a lot more. And there's plenty, just being plenty quiet. on that list. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this this, so, uh, so what this ha- has been very disappointing. So, so again, anybody who follows your social media, Yami Schachter's here, anybody who follows your social media knows you have good relationships with a lot of people across the board, every political opinion in Hollywood. Do you now, I don't know, do you disassociate with them more? Do you express your disappointment? Oh, for sure. Them? Absolutely. You do. Yeah. There are, there are, there have been there some, are, you're there, dead to me moments in this whole thing. Yeah. But it's not a moment. You're dead to me and you're like permanently. How many times do people die? <laughs> I I mean, get I, it. I'm not on the Hever Kadisha, no. but I've never heard of someone being buried. Twice. <laughs> no, I get it. But there, you know me long enough right. to know <laughs> that if you're dead to me, <laughs> if you are dead to me, you are dead to me. <laughs> unless, unless one might argue if it's for the greater good or a public cause, then you might This is adjust. true. I have been known then once or twice in my career to uh, adjust accordingly. Adjust accordingly when colleagues <laughs> all need something. But in this case, um, you know, what, what bothered me so much also is like, okay, I get you don't want to speak up in support of Israel. Right. 
why you can't stand up against terror and why this is, you know, you have this has to be explained in this context. You know, this is a problem the entire world is dealing with. So that's not even my problem. My bigger problem is if I'm really your friend and you really care about me, why don't you check up on me privately? Send me a private text. Right. Ask me on the side. Don't put anything out. You would even respect someone who said to you, you Absolutely. know, I can't say something Absolutely. publicly. And but... we could talk about it. Right. Like, let's, let me understand why you can't say something. Right. Let me give you whatever context you feel that you might need. Um, let me invite you to come to Israel and let's go together and see what's going on. But not even to, to reach out privately is, is, I don't know. What do you think of Michael Rappaport? As an actor, as a person, as I what, mean. What he's doing he's, now. He's, he's one of the people who stepped up and does not care what anyone says. And I think he's doing great. He's in Israel now, I think. Yeah, he is. And I think yeah. he's a hero, frankly. Yeah. He's, he has zillions know, of followers. So I'm in Washington. Yeah. When people comment to him about, you know, why aren't you going to Gaza? He knows exactly what to say. Yeah. Listen, you know, a lot meaning of... Meaning why he's not going to show sympathy toward the Palestinians. Listen, not to get into Amudim, because it doesn't sound like you're ready to get there yet. No, but no I'm not getting there, there, there yet. Okay, we you go got back. here early. But this one, okay, this one, <laughs> there is one segment in there where um, we speak to... Um, oh, meaning in the Amudim event. Yeah, yeah. Lizzie Savetsky and Rifki right. Rabinowitz and uh, Rachi Schnee speaking to them. And basically the idea is how how many people have gone, and we talk about them as two examples, how many people went from being social media influencers to overnight becoming warriors and just fighting the good fight. Right. And there's a long list of people like that. And it's unbelievable because it's not like anyone put them into a program. Overnight, they had to figure out all the talking points and all the answers. And all it, it's unbelievable how many people just stepped up and knew exactly what this Like you're saying about Michael Rappaport. Um, you know, they, yeah. just, they just got the talking points and they, they went for it and they're at it all day, every day. I've messaged some of them telling them about their heroic... Um uh, efforts and they are heroic. Um, so two things before we get to Amudim, Floyd Merriweather. He's out there because pro-Israel and doing a lot of stuff because he's just I don't know he 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 right off the bat he was sympathetic to the cause it it, it just found a place in his heart that type of thing. And by the way, those of you who don't know, he's a boxing champion, world boxing champion. Um, yeah. Simple uh, as that. I, I you know we just uh, the reason you're bringing this up I assume is because. I you just, just honored him. Right. So I just, uh, we just honored Tuesday him night. at Magain de Dome's uh, Miami Gala this week. Um, listen, uh, there have not, there were not a lot of people who stood up in our support uh, when the war started and since the war. And he was the one of the first ones to step up, not only step up in support and speak out against Hamas and against terror and in support of Israel, but he also put his money where his mouth is and he sent his plane to Israel. It must have been a week or two into the war. He was one wow. of the first guys with 5,000 pounds of donated goods. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it probably helps that he has, uh, you know, from management, you know, right. people on his team who are from, but it doesn't matter because like we were, you know, I was saying before, I'm also very, I've also very good relationships with a lot of people who would never have done that. So I think, you know, just the, and he got tremendous blowback. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Is he tremendous, under- tremendous, tremendous blowback? But he knows how to take a knockout punch. Well, he knows how <laughs> to give it. And he did. And he did. And I know people in, from his community who called him and tried to get him to take it down and to the, and he doesn't care. And to me, that's someone who deserves to be honored and to be recognized and to no be given all the credit that. in the world. You know, it's not an easy time to do something like that. And we're not, exactly the most popular right now on the world stage and 
against what most uh, most people in his position and from his community, you know, the stance they've taken. He went completely the other way. Amazing. And finally, I, I'm literally just curious about your opinion, um, your perspective on this, because I'm not never quite sure what to think of stuff like this. Taylor Swift goes to this event where the proceeds go to the quote-unquote other side. Big deal or not big deal? What do uh, you think? I think, of course, it's a big deal. I mean, it's it's she's she's probably the biggest, strongest voice in the world of music and pop culture today. And by giving any legitimacy to anything going on there with, you know, just makes it harder for us and makes the world can, you know, it gives the world a chance to continue believing a big fat lie. So if Jewish, so it is a big deal. Should Jewish kids be told to boycott her or to like? Listen, what am I? What am I? Good. I'm not not telling anyone what (laughs) concerts to go to, and I don't think one thing has to do with the other. You could still listen to someone's music, you know. But I just think that I'm just surprised with the amount of you know. They say we run Hollywood. They say we run the industry. (laughs) We clearly don't. (laughs) And if we do, we're doing a very bad job. (laughs) So whoever is listening to Nachum Siegel right now, who actually runs the music industry, could you please do something about this? No, we obviously don't. Because if these things are happening, and there's so many Jews involved from from lawyers to business managers to accountants to to, to tour managers, there's Jews everywhere. And if we can't even, you know, stop something from the, like that from happening, um, I don't know. If we I, can't I, explain to someone that the optics don't look good. In, so, in a situation like this, that we're not doing a good Listen, job. one one thing I definitely learned is, um, you know, I even had a, a conversation yesterday with Andrea Bocelli, who over the years has proven a billion times over that he's indeed a very, very good friend of the Jews. Um, and even, you know, even he was saying, you know, it, it's so terrible to see the loss of innocent lives. And I said, I agree with you. Terrible. Um, but... They left us no choice, and Hamas has to be destroyed. He said, but there's people being killed who are not. I said, it's tragic, and that's the cost of war. He said, but there's always a solution, you, you, you know, peace. Now, he's not hes not a stupid person by any means, but I understand. Like, if I remove myself from right. the world you we're in. You understand why someone would say that. Right? I get it. Right. Of course. It, it right. is terrible. Right. And peace would be great. Right. If we had a partner on the other side who didn't want us dead, it would be, it would be unbelievable. I would love peace. You would love peace. Um, anyway, so we walked through that, but again, I understand why a lot of people, you know, maybe haven't taken the stance that I would love them to take, why they're not willing to say certain things or post certain things. I get it from that perspective, but at a certain point, you know, I think it's on us to do a better job. We've never been great at Hasbara. I think in this war, this is the best we've ever been. I think the Israeli government and the the news out of Israel has been much more coordinated and and much better this time around than they have been in past, even though they weren't prepared as they were in past. Um, But I think, you know, in that regard, I don't know. I I don't know what the answer is. Did we as a community do a poor job reacting to Dave Chappelle? What 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 do you think we should do as a response? Like meaning, what do you think we should do as a community? Like he's not a person who's going to be canceled. We've seen that because he's offended other communities. He, right. he he's an equal offender. Right. Uh, you know, equal opportunity equal opportunity offender. offender. Um, you know, but what what do you think we should have done? Like no Jews should ever go to his show again. He'll still sell out. Like right. that's the problem. There's certain people where there's nothing. You, I mean, you know, I was. You know, oh, that's why I'm asking you. No, I was having it out with his team. Sure. We spoke about it. 100%. Um, but uh, but uh, I don't know. What what should we do in cases like that? Right. 
And as you as you're alluding to, there's no good result in a case like that because he's just going to go on touring and doing whatever he does. Well, not only that, my fear with people like that is when you cancel someone who has such a big voice or when you try to cancel them or punish them for being anti-Semitic or saying something that comes across as anti-Semitic, you give them more reason to be anti-Semitic. And then there's just more content coming out about, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Isn't it funny how canceling works in some cases and doesn't in other cases? Yeah. Listen, I, I think for the first time in my lifetime, I'm actually very pleased that people are actually, I think for the first time, actually being held accountable for their words and actions. Maybe it's because of social media, but I don't think we've ever had before uh, people being punished for anti-Semitism the way they are now. Right. And I, I think it's great. Yummy Shachter's here. Amudim will take place. The Unite to Heal event Sunday and Monday upcoming. Um, looking forward to kicking it off Sunday morning and wrapping it up on Monday night. Um, first, a word about Rabbi Tzvi Gluck and Amudim, especially in the context of so much of the philanthropic dollars on every level going from the United States or being spent by people in the United States is going to Israel now. So it's a difficult time for organizations that have the same needs or more needs than they always had, and now they're asking a public that has really been stepping up in terms of support for Israeli causes, rightfully so, to you know generously contribute to their year-end campaign with Unite the Heal. So first, a word to our audience about the incredible work that they're doing with Amudim and why the need is just as great as ever. First of all, I wouldn't say the need is just as great. I would say it's even greater this year because one of the big pillars of Amudim, one of the biggest things they deal with is mental health. And obviously since October 7th, there has been an explosion of people who need help. Remember, Amudim does not only service people in the United States, they service people in Israel. Number two, let's remember also that before anyone started supporting uh, causes in Israel uh, in a very uh, significant way, let's say people started supporting them, what, October 10th, 11th right. by the time, uh, who were people calling the first few days when they were freaking out and couldn't get out of Israel, those who wanted to leave. That's right. People forget very quickly <laughs> that Tzvi Gluck and Amudim was, were the only ones and the first ones to get planes, to charter planes and get people out of Israel. So I think, you know, let's let's not forget. Uh, the other thing is that they, you know, they, um, they help with uh, people dealing with uh, depression and anxiety and all kinds of mental health. Life-saving situations. With, with abuse, with addiction, uh, with all kinds of things. And, and it's... I think from what I've heard from them, it's just even more amplified than ever since October 7th, unfortunately. So I, I am not telling anyone that they are more important to support than any cause in Israel, that there's there's so many, so many amazing people doing incredible things that deserve support. But I think uh, I implore people not to forget that these are daily struggles that people under our noses and in our own communities are dealing with. And Amudim are the people who are dealing with it quietly on a day in, day out, whether there's a war or not. Yeah, 100%. All right. How do you top? You are the producer, after all. Charity Bids officially the production company for this? Yes, sir. How well, do you... if, if, if it's good and successful, then yes. If not, I, I have no idea who's doing it this year. Charity yes. Bids produces the event. How do you top what you've done one year ago and what you did two years ago? What about three years ago? This that, is our fourth year. Is your fourth year? Right? Yes. Wow. We started year one of COVID. Wow, I didn't realize This is that. year four. Right? Yes. But you're asking me. I, 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 this is our fourth year. I, I obviously thought it was the third. <laughs> I think there's a fourth year. Anyway, um, I got to tell you, every single year, we don't think we're going to top what we did. 
because you have to remember the first year we started this in the height of COVID. Right. This was one of the first virtual events that anyone really did. Right. We did it very early on, and we had the first year over eight hundred seventy-five thousand people who tuned into the event in year one. And we thought like, oh, that's COVID luck. People are stuck at home and they're just watching because they have nothing to do. And year two was 1.2 million. And like, it just grew. And every year we said, oh, the content is so good. There's no way we're going to do it. I don't know what we're going to do. And I must tell you that this year, maybe maybe part, some of it has to do with the war, maybe. So we had a little bit of an advantage there. But I got to tell you that the content this year is the strongest content we've ever had in doing this, you know, throughout the years. And that um, means really well-known people talking about and taking up really interesting topics. Yeah, just, you know, Sivan Mayor Rahav. Everyone knows who she is. I had her interview Rabbi Lau right. about a Holocaust survivor living in Israel, his perspective on the October 7th attack. I mean, you know, like I said, some things were just handed to us. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I wish there wasn't the right. war in Israel, but I mean, that's gold. Ravasher Weiss talking with my brother about Shilas that came up early in the war, which will blow your mind. The, you know, Ravasher Weiss just keeps saying, the Shilas that come up, I'm not blown away by what's being asked or how it's being asked. I'm being, uh, my mind is blown. This is Ravasher Weiss told me. My mind is blown that people are even asking. Like, what an amazing people we are. That people are worried, a soldier's worried that he hasn't seen his wife in 40 days and they're giving him off to go home for two days. They need him back on Sunday. And he asks the Shaila, is it better for me not to go home because I'm going to have an urge to hug my wife? And, and, and I, I, you know, I want to know if is it better not to go home? Like things like that. It's unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, we have, we have, and, and the song, like a lot of the music this year, again, maybe because of the war and maybe because of, the songs we chose and the artists we chose and, and the, the way in which no, but I think a lot of the songs we chose because of the war. And I think because people are feeling it much more now than right. ever, the music will resonate a lot more. You know, when you take a song, Hanan Benari has a song, Shpure Lev, sure. which everybody knows. But I think right now that song has more meaning than it, than right. it did a year ago. Um, and similar to what we did last year. I don't know if you remember, you know, I noticed that, uh, Isha Rebo has a huge following in the United States and all over the world. But unfortunately, a lot of his following, as much as they love him, they don't even understand what a brilliant lyricist right. he is. They don't understand the words. So we took one of his songs last year. Remember with, with the, the Solomon Brothers? I still play it. Okay. And we added English to it. And all of a sudden, it, it brought, like, there's a new meaning. Now people appreciate it even more. They understand. So right. we did that this year with Shvuri Lev. And, and now that you put English words to Shvuri Lev, we did it with the Solomon Brothers again. And I happen to think that it is the best song the Solomon Brothers have ever put out, and we all know that they have yeah, amazing music. Stuff, yeah. And Yehuda Solomon's in it, too. So uh, we got a little uh, Moshav and a little of the Solomon Brothers. Uh, and it's not just me saying it. It's actually them saying it. It's actually Yishai Rebo saying everyone who has heard this song, uh, Shvuri Lev, believes that this is the best song they've ever put out. Um, and so that we did that. And that debuts in a specific slot yeah. during Unite to Heal and then is available to everybody forever after that. Yeah. We have a song, Silent Cries, which is more of an Amudim song. But again, because of, you know, songs are not always written explicitly. So the words take on whatever meaning, whatever something means to you. That's the. Can that's apply the, to multiple situations. Exactly. So Silent Cries is a, is a collaboration that we produced. 
with Shulam Lemmer and Alex Clare. <laughs> Again, so we're always about bringing people together who may have not otherwise been uh, doing things together. Uh, that's also something incredible. Not, by the way, um, I think people are going to go nuts with uh, Nachum Siegel finally being interviewed about Nachum Siegel, <laughs> right? You're for 30 years, you're on the other side of the mic, and all of a sudden, you're in the hot seat. How how long is that segment since when we did it live? It was about two hours. <laughs> it was two hours. I think we got it down to about an hour twenty. But it, wow. it, it, this it's so good. Ari, first of all, Ari Lam. Is Boy, did I have a good time with him. I did I have a good time with him. Right? Great. He's just great. Yeah. And uh, you did another segment with my father, right. which was excellent. Asked him a lot of war questions as well. You made him cry. That's not nice. I felt terrible. No, I'm just, I know. I'm just because I, try, I tried to start with a question, because I know how sensitive he is, where he wouldn't cry, and within 10 seconds he was crying. Listen, anyone who knows my father knows it does not take a lot to get him to cry. Uh, and then Bracha Jaffe has a song that she's dropping wow. um, called See Her, which I think also is beautiful. You know, also for Amudim specifically, the idea behind the song is don't look at people. See people. Very easy to look at someone and in two seconds decide who they are and what's up. Learn how to see people. Learn how to see people for who they are. And again, also additional meaning since the war because look how many people a day before the war were down each other's throats about what's going on in Israel and politics. And, and all of a sudden the war started and a Jew is a Jew is a Jew and everyone's getting along. And we're learning how to see people. We're, we're looking past a lot of the things that maybe used to bother us or keep us away from other people. And I think, again, it, it was written, you know, it was produced for Amudim specifically. But I think, again, because of the war and because of what people are feeling, you know, I think that, I still think the content's the best content we've ever had. But I think, like I said, a lot of it is, is because so much of it has more meaning now than ever. Yep. And then there's more, you know, there's some, you know, this, this heavier thing. Well, not so heavy, like. David Bashevkin, who everyone knows from the 1840 podcast, he's also a brilliant interviewer like Ari Lam. They really know how to do interviews. And he interviewed Lipa about some of his past trauma. Again, very Amudim related. But then there are things um, that, you know, we always have fun. We did Holy Ed Squares for three right. years. That was fun. Uh, so this year we switched it up and we have Carpool Kumsitz. So uh, James Corden moved back to London. So he was not available. So instead we got Joey Newcomb. And, uh, Is he as good as Corden? He's actually better than Corden. Uh, not as funny, but but he's he's up there. He is so Corden talented. Can't do the comes, it's like he can. Yeah, he's so talented. Joey Newcomb is so talented. Anyway, so he did. Nice we, style. we have three the best. We have three episodes of Carpool Comesits, which are really unbelievable, like TV quality stuff. Uh, one episode with Barry Weber, one with Simcha Liner, and one with Benny Friedman. And each one, uh, basically, the way we designed it is taking a trip down memory lane and going through their lives through music so start from the beginning like early childhood until now and stories that people would have never heard about them things that would never come up in interviews but it's fun and interactive and the kicker is that we bought a 1994 buick station wagon <laughs> james corden could use his range rover that is not what from jews do when they make a carpool karaoke uh, show so this is this is it's amazing i'm very excited for people to see it should have done it from the back of the station wagon. <laughs> and then we actually, I'll, I'll just tell you one more. We, we, uh, I came across, someone introduced me to a kid from Toronto. His name is Yaakov Bengio. And uh, he's in the mirror now. I think he's about 21 years old. He's in the mirror. And he is an unbelievable pianist. What? Unbelievable. So someone introduced me to him and said, could we, 
um, uh, you know, maybe maybe for a mood. You know, I just didn't feel like a piano solo was going to be the way to go. Like, it's great. People would love it. But I I don't think it's in the spirit of what we've done in terms of collaborations. And anyway, so uh, I'm trying to think, like, what do I do? And And I said to the kid, why don't you come to my house and, you know, let me hear you play. And maybe we'll come up with ideas. The problem is he's so classically trained that he doesn't really know anything that he's he's in the mirror he's from he knows jewish but all he plays on piano is really the what belongs the, on the piano right? exactly <laughs> so um so he's in my house he blows my mind anyway the next day dirty college surprised me this was one week into the war and he shows up to my house he says i'm here for shabbos i said you're not gonna believe it this kid was just here and i gotta bring him over you gotta so I have him play for Duddy, and I said to Duddy, how do we take, I said, I, I want to use him for Amudim. How do we take a Haimisha song that everyone knows? Classi- classify it. And, 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 and take his talents right. and take your talents and put it together. So we have a uh, Chopin-inspired version of Ka Echzof, a song that everyone knows with the craziest piano arrangement. It's, it's weird. It's out there. It's crazy. But but it's unbelievable. I remember the reaction to the Philharmonic Experience from thirty years ago when Yisrael M put out. Yeah, and it's it is remarkable. I mean, everything Jewish in, influenced by the classical music stuff, but the purest classical music people in our community had a lot of trouble tolerating it. This is going to bring a lot of interesting commentary when people see this. It could be, but yeah. it's very well done. And and the song, um, we finished recording it. Dodi sent me a a message it was like two o'clock in the morning in israel he was there with yaakov recording and he sent me a message and said we just finished and we're going to start working on the edits you know i sent it over to my guys whoever's doing and one hour later did he text me that his father passed away so we're putting out this song in memory of Duddy's father now Duddy just got up from shiva and the song will be out uh next on, week next week ready yeah. yeah wow Anyway, there's some there's some unbelievable content this year. There really is. I'm excited for people to see it. I'm excited for people to support. Um, and that's it. And that's and, it. And Nachum right. Siegel's hosting, so we know it will be I an hope. incredible success. It all begins Sunday morning, folks, uh, early 9 a.m. Eastern time, and it'll go until uh, 9 p.m. Right, it's 36 hours. 9 p.m. on Monday Eastern time. And I'll have the chance to open things and close things. And hopefully uh, Amudim will achieve its goal financially and otherwise. There is a lot. In addition to all the content that you're going to be enjoying, <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to see and hear about uh, a million good reasons to support the organization. The work they're doing is remarkable. And as we like to say, and this is no knock on any organization that just started October 9th, but as we like to say that the organizations with a proven track record give us even, an even greater feeling of satisfaction to support them, and Amudim has quite a track record. So, well, I'll tell you one of the one of the most successful things from my standpoint. It's not having a million people tune into an event. That's awesome. I don't think any other Jewish organization has achieved that. It's not the millions of dollars that we've helped them raise over the years. That's also amazing. But to me, what's most rewarding is that every single year, Tzvi calls me after the event, and he says, I don't know if I should love you or hate you. He says the phones don't stop ringing from people who were suffering in silence and struggling and didn't know that there's someone to call. Yep. And that, to me, is the biggest success. You know, Ellie Schwabel, two years later, is still get hundreds and hundreds of emails and letters and notes and, and private messages about 
the lives that he saved from the song that we did together. Yep. You remember that song? Of course. Stand for you. Sure. And it's, you know, to me, that's, the money's great. The numbers are great. The traffic's great. The, the exposure for Amudim is great. But to me, the saving lives is the greatest. Amazing. Yummy Shachter and Charity Bids will produce it. It'll all begin on Sunday morning. UniteToHeal.org, I assume, or is it .com? .com. .com? UniteToHeal.com. Again, UniteToHeal.com. You know it's V-Gluck. He for sure bought both of them. (laughs) I hope. Yeah. And uh, those of you out there who are um, uh, curious to see some of the content from past years, it's all over the place, and you'll find it on YouTube and many other places. Some of the videos that uh, Yummy alluded to and spoke about this morning, and obviously starting Sunday, you'll see brand new content including the list of things that Yummy just went through, all of which uh, are pretty spectacular. Uh, another great year for Unite to Heal and Amudim, and you'll see why this coming Sunday and Monday. And uh, Yummy Shachter, you will be um, lighting eight candles on the Hanukkah tonight. Have you decided where you're going to be lighting candles yet tonight? Have you made that decision yet? I don't make decisions so far in advance, but if I had to get, <laughs> if I had to guess, based on where I will be around the time of menorah lighting, it will more than likely be in Andrea Bocelli's dressing room at Madison Square Garden, where last night, Baruch Hashem, we made a tremendous Kiddush Hashem by lighting together, and Jews came out of the woodworks when they heard we we're lighting in his room. The security guards from Madison Square Garden all of a sudden, oh, tonight's the seventh night. I'm not home. I would love to light. And people who have been on Andrea's tour for years that we didn't even know were Jewish, everyone showed up, and I hope we'll be able to do it again tonight. Are you on deadline? Although it's a little uh, hard to you know, give certain, uh, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, bringing light in a place of dark right. i'm explaining to a blind man about light right. it was a little weird but but he probably, i think he understands. i think he gets it no no for sure he gets it it's just it, it was a little uncomfortable for um, a second are you uh, are you in a major rush you have another few minutes i have all day for you so now um first of all what is the song that the world knows from him in other words if someone if a martian came down to planet earth and said Give me in five minutes, Andrea Bocelli. He would sing what song for them? Time to say goodbye. That's the one? The prayer. Either one? Yeah. Those I, are I mean, every, every, Are those I, the ones that end his show usually? No. How uh, does he end Ness and Dorma, for sure. From, ends the show. From Piccini, for sure. And sometimes he even sings it twice. Really? Uh, it's a masterpiece, and people go nuts, and it's like the higher. Is, is there an encore? Like, But in New York, he, he does songs in New York that he doesn't do anywhere else. I.E.? New York, New York. <laughs> he actually does New York, ba, New York. Ba, ba, na, na, na. That's great. If you come tonight, you'll see. Would you like to come? <laughs> past your bedtime, right? It's way past yeah. my bedtime. <laughs> so for those of us who don't have to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning for a radio show tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah. Is it sold out tonight? It's always sold out. Weeks in advance? Months in advance? The minutes after he goes on sale. He does anybody get to see him? Like, is there a category of people who pay enough money to they actually get to a reception with him or anything like that? doesn't happen. No, he's not really that Do type. people seek his I mean, autograph? Does he give his course, autograph? Of course, of course. Um, listen, he, he doesn't say no to anybody, which is, you know... Good uh, and bad. It's good and bad, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, we had an amazing experience last night. There was a kid there. His name was Logan. Yeah. I, I don't know his story, but American? I was... American? Yeah, it lives right. in New York. Right. Uh, you know, I, I see this kid with his mother. Right. And somehow through some organization they're involved in, the kid plays piano. Um, cl- you know, clearly there's there's 
you know, the mother was told when he was born that he's never going to walk, he's never going to talk, he's never going to do anything. So you could you could tell. This, so it's a make a wish type thing. There's a lot of issues. You could tell the kid is blind. The, you know, there's there's all kinds of right. you know issues. Anyway, so I see them there, and they're, you know, the, his dream was to meet Andrea Bocelli, and all of a sudden I see him and his mother come in, and she tells me she grew up in Israel. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, she was told this kid's never going to be able to do anything. And he started playing piano when he was two and how he's singing and he loves Andrea Bocelli. And for 19 years, she tells me my, my dream has been to, to, to meet Andrea Bocelli. And here I am and I can't believe it. So um, Andrea asked the son, do you know my music? And he starts, you know, of course I know you. And, um, and then he says, one day I would love to sing with you. And Andrea says, okay, you know, great. And he's getting ready for the show. Like, he's got to do rehearsals, and the kid's yeah. got to go in with his mother. You know me. Like, I, I'm not stop, I'm not letting this end like this. Like, So I said, Andrea's about to walk away. So I say, Logan, if you had an opportunity to sing with Andrea Bocelli, what song would you choose? And he says, time to say goodbye. I said, well, if you have the dream, why don't we make the dream happen? And the two, And he starts singing, and Andrea starts singing with him. Right, and then his mother's like, yeah, she's Vide crying. Vide there. Videoing the whole thing. <laughs> no, she wasn't. I, I hope somebody else was. Right. Uh, and uh, and then they go in. It was in the middle of rehearsal, and right when they walk out, they are rehearsing. Time to say goodbye. And she says, "It's my dream. I don't know how, but one day it was my dream for my son to be on this stage and to ever." And about ten minutes later, I go up to the conductor and I say. Could we, could we bring... Anyway, the symphony was literally... You know how they are with the unions. Like sure. the minutes. So they were done and everyone's getting up. But we, we put them on the stage and in front of the... The place was basically empty. There were maybe 50 people there who were sitting down. The kids sang on the mic on the stage of Madison Square Garden and everyone gave them an applause. And I said, well, there you go. It was amazing. It was amazing. It. Yeah. I love it. One other thing I learned, by the way, from your um, uh, Hanukkah... Uh, menorah Hanukkah lighting last night. Um, I always have this debate with uh, one of my friends. I know we, what you're going to say. What? That I lit the candle after the first bracha? Well, first of all, we do that. Uh, most people don't. Right. Well, we do that. Does your father do that? I hope so. No, I'm saying. Yes. Yes. We do that. Yeah, yeah. So people yell at me for saying Hanaris Halalu as I'm still lighting. I'm saying I'm sorry, but that's what we always do. You let people yell at you? Hold on a second. <laughs> Amudim. Amudim. We need help. Abuse. Yeah. So one second. So, um... I always have this debate. He claims that the most well-known Jewish tune is Kol Nidre. And I said, you have no idea. Who even, claims that? A friend of mine. I said, you have no idea. It's not even close to the top. Not even close to the top. And then last night. What do you think is Eitzchayim? No. What do you think no, is? No, I'm talking about the, the world jury. Hatikva. The world jury. It's but Hatikva is. It's Dayena. It's Dayena. You go to any Jew and start singing Dayenu, they will sing it along with you. You don't you think Hatikva is more well-known by Jews? You go to the average, unaffiliated Jew in the street and start singing Hatikva? Right. I guess you're right. So I always think it's Dayenu. Last night I learned that the bracha for the Hanukkah is oh, also one of the things that people I was shocked. Know. I was stunned. So if you saw I the video, stunned. I started saying the bracha right? I didn't. And because all of a sudden, nobody, and then they're all joining yeah. you. Yeah. I was stunned. So it's in my top five now of, of I, Jewish. I, the uh, truth is, I was in Miami also this week. Um, Emmanuel Shriki hosted the right the, the event. mod event for me. So right. the night before, she says I was asked by Hillel of I don't know University of Florida, something like that, to do a thing in someone's house. And there also they started with menorah lighting. And I said to her, "Do you want to make the you know?" And the night before that, she came to our house and lit at our house. So I knew that she knew the bracha right. already. So fine. And then she starts making it, and also. 
the entire place started saying the bracha. Amazing. And it was amazing. Amazing. There were like, uh, probably a hundred people there. Tune, it mean, was unbelievable. Give credit to the Hebrew schools out there in the history of this country. They did teach some stuff that stuck with the kids. And one of it is the brachot on the Hanukkah for well, sure. Well, I think I think we we often remember things more that we learned in sure. the form of song. So a lot of kids, you know, the alphabet, obviously, right. but a lot of kids will remember the states and the capitals right. because it was a song. They'll right. remember all the presidents of the United States because right. they learned it in a song. Havdallah because of Debbie Friedman's song. Exactly. Yeah. So there's actually a fascinating woman I met years ago. Her name is Dr. Lana Israel. She's also Jewish. Shocker. <laughs> and um, uh, I met her. She lives in Nashville. She's a world expert on memory and brain. Wow. And she came, she, you know, obviously knows that the way the brain works Many things we remember from childhood are things we learned in a song. And right. she identified that there are way too many kids not going to university in the United States. And they drilled down. Why are they not going to give it? Because they're failing in pre-algebra math. And if you don't get math, pre-algebra, then you're failing in high school. And if you fail in high school, you can't. So she wants to go to the pain point. So she moved to Nashville and got hit songwriters and producers to write songs so that kids could learn the math curriculum through music and has unbelievable success oh with gosh. with full classes of kids who were never going to university or college who are graduating and passing math and understanding math and going to college and university. So along those lines. I love it. You must cool. love that. Man, that's and her a... name is Dr. Lana Israel. And by the way, I have a great story. <laughs> Last week I was in Starbucks in the airport and I'm on the phone with my wife and I'm I'm there's a clearly Arab guy taking my order but i i wasn't paying attention so like i give him my order and he says what's your name because oh they put your name on the cup and oh. i'm on the phone and i'm rushing to get my flight oh my god and i go israel and the guy's eyes like look at me and i'm like oh that's awkward yeah my, immediate, my yeah, name really so, is no, israel so i go i'm like that's awkward right i said i'm just kidding with you my name is palestine people call me pally so anyway so i'm again i'm on the phone and i'm like okay it's over i paid i'm waiting two minutes later pally <laughs> I love it. Yeah. One last thing. Yes. Before I let you go. They go from Toronto to Ottawa for a major pro-Israel rally slash demonstration, and 17 buses don't show up. Is that the story? Yeah. The bus You ordered canceled. 100, not by you, but whoever it was, ordered 100 buses, and 17 drivers refused? or seven? What? No, one, bu one subcontractor bus company Made sure not uh, to have from the... which we got seventeen buses. Right. The UJ. When I say we, it, right. was the, it was the UJ. It was not me. Right. I was asked to help. So what's the aftermath? The rally. Is there? Legal? I'm sure. I'm sure there's legal oh, stuff so going on. Yeah. So no one's dropping the ball on this. No. Okay. Got you 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 mess with us. You get yeah, I'm just making yeah. sure. That you, but you know what? There were twenty thousand people who in showed Ottawa. up despite that in Ottawa, in a snowstorm, the entire time. Snow in Canada. In December? Yeah. Listen, I, I just figured if I'm putting on a show, let's let's make a show. <laughs> Let it snow. <laughs> and uh, you could hear that tonight also if you come. Is he gonna sing it? Yes, and now with his daughter. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden you want to come. I, I yeah. do. What time does it start? Seven thirty? Eight o'clock. Probably eight twenty. Yeah. Hey, that's like you that's could like, take a nap. That's like midnight snack time. Take a nap and then come. Um and, and the case that we had on the air with the rabbi? In terms of the uh, workers not coming to take people from the plane to the uh, terminal. Oh, that, wasn't he amazing? Rabbi he's fantastic. Okay, so he donated an ambulance with the right. money from the plane. Nobody wanted the money back. But subsequent to that, has action been taken? or That that had nothing to do with... That was not a legal thing. They, that, there were too many planes landing in Washington. They didn't submit for a slip in time. And there was nowhere to land. So it was that, that anti-Semitism? No, no. 
Not at all. So his so his point of being on the air was not to highlight that Jews were what, wrong. It was to highlight what they did with the money. Yes. That wasn't clear what to other, us. What other community would have said, keep 100%. my money anyway? 100%. And here they bought an ambulance. Was it from By the way, there are, other, there are other communities I would say that, but okay. That, I mean, just to be fair to everyone. No, I don't mean... Toronto, oh, Jewish, Jewish community, right. It's Jewish a very Jewish Correct. thing to say Correct. we're not Keep taking money, money back and let's do something good. Right. good. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Um, that wasn't clear to us. We thought there was that part of the story was also that they were doing it on purpose against the Jews, but obviously. And not not to talk too much about Pacelli, but just because we're here this week and he has shows. <laughs> but no, this was a conversation, the first conversation I had with him after October 7th. And he wanted to know how I'm doing and how the family's doing, and we were talking it through. Right. And, uh, and I said, why do people hate us so much? He said, I understand it. And I was shocked. Like, I thought, like, oh. Let's hear. Like, Let's hear. And he said, how many times have I been with you where you get a phone call from someone in Australia or someone here or there? You don't know. And I asked, do you know them? No. Well, why are you helping them? He said, we're all jealous of that. He said, it's, uh, he said I'm not jealous enough to, to want to kill you. But he said, everyone knows that you are an unbreakable community. And you will always band together. You'll always stick together. You're always going to turn something positive from something negative. You're never going to be beaten down. And we're jealous of you. He said, of course I understand where it comes from. What a way to end this conversation. Phenomenal. Yummy Shachter, thank you. See you Sunday at Amudim. And good luck with all that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And now, my coat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, I was thinking that, you know, it is Hanukkah. And you're in my new New Jersey Oh, stu- let's make latkes. Let's make some latkes. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Wake me up. It's time to go. Been down this road before and I know. There's danger up ahead. Recalculate and turn around. I'm heading home, I'm homeward bound No, I'm not gonna walk that path no more I know, I know it's not too late No, my past won't seal my fate You'll be there With arms wide open No matter what I've done wrong No matter how long I've been gone You'll be there To let me back in Filo she asino הוא מוכל וסולח, מוכל וסולח, מושיט ידו לעזר, ונותן ברחמיו את הכוח לתקן, ונשוב אליו. Show me the way back home Been wandering blindly 
There it is. That's a song that uh, Yami Shachter and I were talking about. Yishai Rebo with the Solomon Brothers, My Way Back Home from Amudim last time around. And they have a very special, as you heard, uh, they have a very special um, uh, collaboration coming up in this year's uh, Unite to Heal event as well for Amudim. It begins Sunday, goes through Monday. Make sure to join us, everybody. Tomorrow, Malcolm Holmline, our weekly update, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in. Full schedule today here at the Nachum Siegel Network, including the incredible Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. That happens at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes, he's wide with a live lunch. That's going to happen starting at um, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in for that. Uh, also at 10.30 this morning, Miriam Alwalek on That's Life with Dr. Raquel Yukalis about the National Library of Israel and the brand new book, 101 Treasures for the National Library. That conversation at 10.30. Um, the Kosher Terroir with Simon Jacob, all about kosher wine at 6.30. Then the Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And then Tani Talks Parsha with Tani Gutterman at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Full schedule, no need to touch that dial as we like to say here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Please support our year-end campaign. Everything you give during Chanukah at fjbunity.org. Everything you give during Chanukah at fjbunity.org is being matched by our generous matchers. Please give and give generously. fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at nachomsegel.com and the nachomsegel network. And of course, on the Beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM and the AM. Plenty more tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. Again, please support our year-end campaign and have every dollar matched by going to fjbunity.org. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.